Welcome to Expanding Your Faith, a podcast hosted by Bishop Greer Godsey, the Old Catholic Church's International. Expanding Your Faith brings together a panel of well-educated clergy and laity to discuss modern events with a biblical perspective. Our podcast is about to start. Please stay tuned. Welcome to this edition of Expanding Your Faith. I'm Bishop Greer, and joining me tonight is Reverend Mark. Hello, everyone. And Bishop Ben. Greetings to all. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, Christianity and politics. Uh, You know, we're right around the corner from the uh, general election. We've got uh, a lot of primaries coming up, Um, a lot of... uh, down-ballot selections as well, local community elections, as well as state houses and governorships, and the Senate and Congress, um, Senate and House of Representatives as well. So uh, a lot of political talk being bantered back and forth. Uh, It is that time of year where the political ads come out in mass and uh, they tend to uh, make us uh, crazy. (laughs) It's just never-ending. It just never stops. And so um, we want to kind of talk about, because a lot of uh, around this time of of the season when politics begin to ramp up, a lot of churches begin moving into a political spectrum. And so we want to kind of talk about what a Christian's responsibility is when it comes to politics as well as, you know, how we should approach these types of things and these types, especially when they get acrimonious like they did the last time, like they're already doing now. Um, You know, how do we as Christians respond? How do we act? things of that nature around the political spectrum. Um, It's going to be this way for a while, you know, even after, uh, I suspect, even after the November election, the general election, there's still going to be a lot of acrimony, a lot of arguments. Um, You know, uh, if last time is any indication, there could be violence and, and other such things as well. And so we we need to be mindful of that. And part of where we start with that is our own thought processes, how we look at things and react to things. Um, Because it it saddened me greatly four years ago to watch what happened on January 6th in the Capitol. But what upset me more than anything uh, was the number of people flying Jesus Saves, flags and you know, various flags with Christian slogans on them as they marched to do violence in the nation's capital and uh, that was a great disappointment to me to see a terrible blemish on the name of Christianity um, 
and so we want to talk about that a little bit too so I'm gonna let Reverend Mark start with some of his thoughts as uh, I have rambled now for three minutes <laughs> no good rambles and go right ahead yeah um, well you know just to dive right into it uh, the Bible and the scripture if we're looking at uh, the Bible or maybe your faith uh, your spiritual walk whatever uh, probably lends itself to uh, talking about authority or politics to a degree you know um, scriptures definitely gives us some guidelines on how to interact with those that are in authority over us there are some passages of scripture that in my belief uh, deal with uh, how to act in that day and time for authority mm -hmm. um, but there's some general governances that I believe that God looks for all government officials and then we as believers um, and people of faith and uh, in the Christian community should do. Right. And of course, there are a lot of different people that are, there are a lot of people listening that are from different beliefs and backgrounds. This may, or, you know, some of this stuff will, you know, you'll, you'll hear some similarities in your own faith. Um, first, you know, the way I look at politics um, and view politics when it comes to Christianity or my faith um, the first thing I'm supposed to do is pray for those that are in authority that's the first thing um, that I think we can all agree that that is um, a general rule across the board that those that are in authority over us whether it is a government or church or the place that we work um, we're supposed to lift those people up in our prayers, asking right. God to guide them, give them wisdom, give them grace, and so forth. Um, prayer is not about you trying to make somebody in your image through manipulation <laughs> before the Spirit of God. Prayer is about asking the Creator to um, mold that person in love and direct them towards justice and uh, goodness towards all and you may say well <clears throat> prayers don't seem to be working a lot <laughs> when you start looking at uh, people in authority because they're they're definitely wicked and I would say well imagine if no one was praying how much worse it would be so there's uh, there's uh, that perspective um, I will say that I'm sorely disappointed in watching quote unquote quote unquote Christians and how they respond to people that they may not agree with politically right. how they respond to others that are on a different belief of what should be done in the government and politics um, I think we have a real problem um, you know we can blame people that don't have a walk of faith and don't hold love as a as a cherished part of their life but when you see a group of people that claim faith as a central portion of their life Jesus love compassion is 
what drives that person in life um, and to see them act the way they do. We have a real issue, I think, uh, as a whole. And um, I think, yes, we should be involved in government affairs and things that are political. Um, but there's the right way to do something and there's a wrong way to do something. And we've got a lot of wrong running around out there uh, and it's becoming ridiculous in my opinion. Right. I would like to point out um, words from Jesus himself when it comes to politics. Uh-oh. Here we go. Matthew twenty-two seventeen through 21. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. I think that's pretty clear coming from the mouth of the Almighty Himself. Right. You know, that we are to do what we do within, you know, right order, pay our taxes, you know, do the things that we're required by our government to do as long as they don't break the law of God. And uh, do for God what is God's. It's that simple. Um, one of the verses you might have there too is Romans 13 1 through 7 is that one of them uh, no I had the Titus verse but go oh go ahead, ahead. go ahead yeah. with Titus. Titus well is Titus good. is perfect with what you just said Titus 3 1 remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities to be obedient to be ready to do whatever's good so that passage of scripture links in you know subject to the rulers, the authorities, and obedient to be ready to do whatever is good, to not slander, to be peaceable and considerate, and to always gentle towards everyone. I mean, there hello. Um, there are times that there's unjust things that happen, and authority um, tend to uh, do what's not good, and I think we can bring that into question. Right. When that happens, but we can't we can't forgo the rest of the verse where it says don't slander. Actually, it says don't slander anyone. Right. To be peaceable and considerate always and gentle to everyone. Right. Boy, I tell you what that that passage of scripture just is so sorely ignored. Right. Continuing in Titus 3, Titus 3, 9 says, But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Yep, yep, yep. We spend our time politically arguing with everybody around us. We're wasting our time. Most of the time, the people that we're arguing with are people who are already so dead set in their mindset that no amount of arguing with them is going to change it. Right. So we are doing things that are unprofitable and worthless. Yes. You know, it's a big difference, too, between 
and I want to get to this point because we do have a lot of ministers who listen to us as well. I want to get to this point that there is a big difference between partisan politics in the pulpit and speaking out about injustice or social justice issues. Um, Partisan politics is uh, uh, someone getting up in the pulpit and saying, don't vote for Biden because he's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or don't vote for Trump because blah, 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 blah. Those are partisan political activities. But we can frame issues in such a way, and from a biblical point of view, that we don't have to be partisan in the pulpit. Yeah. Um, a, a good example of that is what's going on in the state of Texas down along the Rio Grande. Okay? It's, uh, you know, with all those people being put at risk, you know, uh, we can speak out against that and speak out against those people that support that activity without ever naming a name. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, we're called to be hospitable to those, to to be humane to individuals, and um, you know, not moving over into uh, uh, acting like they're less than. Uh, you know, Scripture is very clear in the Old Testament, New, even in the New Testament, that we're we're to, I've just read it there. You know, live at peace with all people. And finding ways to make things uh, move into that realm of peace, move into that realm of order and calm, and uh, not despising folks to the degree that you would wish harm upon them or that you would cause harm to come upon them. I think there's ways to solve problems uh, without injuring physically or emotionally or mentally people that are trying to come here or trying to live as they should right and um, you know you you got bad um, people or you got people up there making terrible decisions uh, for um, and and not really seeing that you're you're treating people inhumanely right or acknowledging that fact, they just, right. you know, it, it's easy to make those decisions from the confines of Washington or places that are isolated or insulated. That is from the rest of the world, and then you have to open your eyes to see. Right. You have to open your eyes to see. Uh, we're not called to turn a blind eye to the sufferings of others. That's right. Uh, Trotty says, but these people don't see a separation of of, uh, state and church. Here's the case in point. South Carolina says they don't believe in abortion. They are willing to pass a law, put women on death row for an abortion. Does that make sense? Uh, Well, and, you know, again, this goes back to what we just read a few minutes ago from the Gospel of Matthew. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. You know, Jesus himself made the the proclamation of a separation of state and church. Uh, 
I know, and so those people that preach that we have to be in control of the government as Christians is um, that goes directly against what Jesus teaches. And as far as uh, South Carolina and the whole death row for getting an abortion, you know, this is less about Christianity and more about control and power. Yeah. Uh, while they, they use their Christianity as a shield, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says that if a person gets an abortion, they should be executed. Uh, in fact, the only thing in the Bible that speaks of it is, you know, if a, a woman with child is injured, then the person who injures her, and if the child dies, the person that injures her, and the child has to pay a fine for having killed the child. As the case is, doesn't don't Christians just want power over everyone, Trotty said. <clears throat> I think some fundamentalist Christians, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think all Christians want that. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a small minority of Christians. Unfortunately, they are the loudest voices. Right. Which is why more of us need to speak up. You know? Humans as a whole crave power. Um, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to necessarily be again, quote-unquote Christian, um, but there are people that will hide behind a religious statement or, right. you know, a scripture to try to drive their point home because folks don't, you know, people are less likely to back up or attack what the scripture says. Or, and, um, but everything we're... I mean, Paul wrote about this. Jesus wrote about this. Commanded, showed us. Everything first has to be done in, with in, in the heart of love, and with love as part of what we do. Right. Um, you can be a Christian all day long, or a person of faith all day long, and in a position of authority, and you don't have to start throwing your Bible verses at everybody's face. Right. To live it, you know. Uh, the prophet Isaiah wrote very clearly over and over and over again you know act justly defend the weak and innocent right you know help uh, the the orphan the widow feed and clothe feed the hungry clothe the naked so on so forth um, you know, that, that that's a part of our fasting life. That's right. part of our everyday life. Um, and so it's important for us to remember those things. And you don't have to run around with a Jesus pin on to act like Christ right. and to be like Christ or to live those teachings. And that's the biggest problem that I have is people jumping up and down, you know, yelling, I'm a Christian. That's great. And then, you know, and have their hands raised on Sunday morning, but then go to the restaurant after service and treat the waiter or waitress like trash. Right. You know, uh, leaving notes on tips that say you should get a real job. 
Well, that is a real job. <laughs> I mean, anybody that's ever worked in the food and beverage industry or Lord, yes. retail understand that that is a hard job. Everything that you do, every penny you earn, right? you earn with much difficulty because it is a hard job. And it it's less to do with what you're saying and it's more to do with what you're saying and what you're doing lining up right that's the key right you know um, unless we forget our nation was founded to allow people to come and have religious freedom period right. you know whether you are uh, your, your <laughs> religion is Christian Jewish Hindu satanic whatever you are allowed to come and practice peace of peacefully your religion and i may not agree fundamentally with what your teachings are no matter who you know whatever some some protestant catholic and uh, christian churches i don't agree with some of their teachings but that doesn't mean that i have to be an enemy we have to outlaw that that group we have to right. you know that i have to shove my beliefs down their throat no we are allowed to express ourselves uh without trying to beat everybody over the head and say you must believe the way i do right you must believe the way i do that's and trotty that's one of the uh he says however the white nationalists will not allow me to believe what i do and that's one of the big problems that we're facing in this, this upcoming election is a very strong line between what is truly American and what is not. And because so many people have co-opted Christianity, what is really Christian and what is not. And white nationalism is not something that is a Christian value. You know, I will preach that all day long, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Or in this case, 66, because we're in a leap year. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, white nationalism is not a Christian value. Right. And Jesus didn't come just to the white people. That's right. Or brown people. Or, you know, in between, people right. in between. He came for everybody. And the divine exists for everybody, no matter what religion we hold. Right. You know, and that's one of the core principles of just about every religion and even every philosophy in life to a certain degree is that there is an inherent dignity in every human being. Right. And we as human beings, especially here in the United States, have lost sight of that. We no longer see each person as having an inherent dignity. We see that in our policies. You know, the the stuff going on at the border in Texas, the draconian abortion laws, the transgender laws. You know, we see those things being proven each and every day because you take away the religious aspect that's being fought. Uh... And you end up with essentially a fundamental lack of respect for each human being and their personal life and personal choices. 
and so while they may claim to be Christian and claim to be preaching a message of the gospel they are not yeah. it's, it's a perversion of that and so one of the things that we're looking at tonight is how do we as Christians deal with that too because you know that's a big issue because the more and more uh, candidates get up there and promote their Christianity and people see them living a life very contrary to that idea of Christianity um, the more it damages us as a people entirely you know and like I said towards the beginning they're using their Christianity as a shield as a way of of uh, excusing their bad behavior you know and that unfortunately is not acceptable and so how do we as Christians respond to that what, what do we do how do we um, how do we help others understand uh, that not everybody who claims to be Christian is actually Christian? Well, there's going to be no perfect candidate. There's never, you know, unless Jesus is running, although um, I think Jesus would be too radical for some folks uh, and would find an issue with him. Um, there's going to be no perfect person that right. ever runs. So, that, you know, yes, we'll, we'll all agree on that one. Uh, but I think the first thing that we've got to do is, and not even step back and go, oh, who's who's the best person or who's the best thing? The first thing we got to do is get anger out of our discussions and offense out of our discussions when we're talking about and we're looking at things of a political nature we have people that are so angry that they can't see straight or they get so offended if you say something that's different from what they believe or whatever and they won't allow you to talk about your position or why you see things the way you see things it's an immediate um, well you're this you're that let me throw a label on you it's not. Let's have. Let's talk. Let's right. have a discussion. Maybe there's a. Maybe you see something that I don't. And there's no grace. And, and I. I think. And and grace and peace and harmony is central to our faith. Or, right. You know, in the Christian world, and for most all religions, it's the same thing. Um, but particularly since we're kind of honing in on the Christian faith, that is a huge part. Of, right. And then, but when it comes to politics, it's like somebody rolls down the window going down the interstate at 95 miles an hour and just tosses that thing out the window and just it just flies on by. Like the minute you move over to talk about a political person or political situation, all of our faith, all of our belief, all of our listening to the Spirit just we just turn that switch off we just go oh wait a minute we're politics click right and we're we don't allow peace or grace or patience or having a listening ear we don't let any of that in right it's immediate do you agree with me or not if you don't then you're and then that's when the labels start popping out 
with you, you're this, or you're that, or you're this, or you're that, and all you want to do is destroy all of us. Yeah, yeah, that's what we all want to do. We just all want to destroy everything and just watch it all, you know. I want to just slap some folks upside the head with the Bible and ask them if they've even read Scripture, you know. Right. You know that meme that says, uh, bro, do you even lift? Uh, I just want to say, bro, have you even read Jesus? Is there things you even... Because right. um, I saw this quote the other day from this person that was trying to prove the point of why... Um, it's important that we put Jesus in everything or have politics and everything and uh, or Jesus with the politics and everything and they were talking about how we're supposed to you know repent and we're supposed to read the scripture we're supposed to this and you know obey Jesus and the one thing that they never mentioned that Jesus that they were supposed to do was to love your neighbor right that stuff just flies out the wall, out the window, again. And I, I really believe we have to get a handle on being angry. Scripture says you can be angry and sin not. You have to keep that in check. And you have to have grace towards other folks. Right. right. Otherwise, we can't have any discussion. We can't have any compromise. We can't have any meaningful how do things work? We got to get that back because right. that right there is totally missing. And we can sit here all day and talk about what's just, what's honorable, what things that the government should be doing, looking for out for the well-being of the citizens. We can throw all that out the wall because until we get just a, a sense of decorum and peace and grace back, just. The anger pops up immediately. The offense pops up right. immediately. And right. it's a wall. It's an immediate veil. It's an immediate brick wall that separates you from the other people. Right. No, I agree 100%. And so, I mean, as we enter uh, this season, that's one of the things we have to keep in mind is keep our anger and our offense in check. But we also have to be willing to sit and listen people of other opinions and that sometimes is hard especially when their opinion might be that you shouldn't exist (laughs) that is it's very hard yes um but it's also about showing them to another path you know um so many people think and i come across this at the college a lot so many people think that because i'm a christian or because I'm white, or because I'm whatever, that I'm I'm just not going to listen to them. I'm not going to respect their opinion. I may not agree with their opinion, right? But I will listen to them. Yes. And I will also share with them my opinion. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting is most of the time they don't want to hear the off- opposite opinion. They just want a platform to spew theirs, which is okay. I mean, I will let them spew, and I'll listen to them, and then when they walk away, that's it. That's right. the end of the conversation, you know. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, it's important, too, that we show them that 
we're not this image that they have of us uh, especially as Christians you know that we're not all narrow-minded and that we're not all bigots and that we're not all you know misogynist and racist and you know all this other stuff that Christianity's gotten saddled with because of these loud mouths that are promoting those ideologies you know um, and so I think that it's important that we uh, keep that in mind too is part of what we can do to get through this political season is uh, to listen to others even when we disagree with them um, because I have a feeling and, and I've said this a few times over the years there, there are a lot of people who come into my live broadcasts some of them I don't probably agree with maybe 10% of what they believe right. or what they think they come here anyway because I'll listen and I'll talk with them we have good conversations yeah. and um, they don't find that very often anywhere else you know the moment they say you know they're XYZ they get thrown out they get blocked they get muted or whatever as long as they're not being disrespectful I have no problem having a conversation with anybody you know even those people that believe I shouldn't exist you know yeah. um, so I think that's one of the important things too and I and I think another important aspect of going through the political season is to step away not all the time but once in a while you need to step away from the politics step away from the TV ads step away from the debates and you know because I know for my part when I watch debates and things like that there are times dear Lord help me there are times <laughs> I want to throw things at the television yeah. you know um, and so I have to walk away because my wife would not be happy if I broke her television <laughs> definitely not <laughs> and for those that don't know my wife is a little firecracker so I dare not piss her off. That's right. So. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Well, and you have to be willing to step back. You know, if you're listening to opposing views and they send you into the rafters, you need to ask yourself, are you going into the rafters because, you know, the person... You know why are you going up into the rafters and why are you having such a terrible response to just listening to somebody of an opposing view my thing would be my faith and my belief in what I hold is not so fragile that it can't withstand listening to somebody talk about their right. position right. absolutely so yes 
Uh, I um, we're double checking why there are noises when there shouldn't have been noises. So anyway, um, uh, no, I I agree. If if it if what you're listening to and watching, you know, is sending you into the rafters, then you probably need to take a step back and be like, you know what, I need a break from this. You know, so um, I think that that's an important aspect of all of this as well as we talk about politics. Um, and of course, uh, my politics is formed by, and I, I know Reverend Marx is too, by our Christian faith to a certain degree, but it's our understanding of the faith our understanding of what Jesus expects of us, which is the care of the poor and the homeless and the orphan and the widow and those that are different, those that are not just like us, people that are, you know, uh, the maligned and the abused in society. And so um, when we step into the voting booth, that's the things that are on our minds. Um, whether it be, you know, for the presidential elections or for the down uh, ballot candidates, you know, what is this person going to do to better society, to make life better for the majority of people? Not just the loud mouths in the minority, but everyone. You know, people of color, women, LGBT, uh, everybody, you know, um, why is it that Christians can't see that in the U.S.? They can't handle I, I, I don't know, I mean, we've talked about this in, in other, uh, podcasts, Trotty, too, um, that, you know, a lot of Christians seem to have kind of forgotten the message of Jesus you know and so they don't think about their Christianity when they walk into the voting booth the only thing on their mind when they walk into the voting booth is their political beliefs period and they don't take the message of Jesus into the voting booth with them and um I'm not saying, uh, trust me, I'm not saying Christians should run the country. Far from it. I think that's where what's gotten us where we are today in some respects. But what I am saying is, um, you know, is that when they walk into that voting booth, the values that we're taught as Christians should be taught as Christians should be those values that come to mind when we push the button. You know. And so is this candidate going to help the poor? Are they going to help the homeless? Are they working to help people who are LGBT, people of color, women? You know. And if they're not, then are you voting from you know, what's going to make me better off? or what plays into my biases and bigotries are you voting for what's better for society as a whole 
And I think we all know the answer to that question. So I'm going to leave that as a rhetorical right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that, you know, the message of love and justice and peace and living in harmony with one another can be applied to would be a benefit for all people. Right. Uh, yes, it's a teaching of Jesus, and we should take that into the voting booth. Um, and but it, it can be applied to to everybody for the benefit of folks. And so, right. um, while some people may say, "Well, I don't want those Christian beliefs," or I think those are things those are things that we can get together on when you're looking for the welfare of folks and the goodness towards other people and living at peace towards other people. Those are some building blocks I think we can all agree that we need in, in abundance. Right. Uh, without throwing scripture at folk and without weaponizing scripture. That's, the, that's really the thing you're talking about is folks will say, well, that's just not biblical or whatever. No, we're just weaponizing scripture and beating, beating people over the head and because our uh, we have the inability to live the life versus just running up and down and slapping people with scriptures the moment that they don't agree with us. Right. And so, um, yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, um, we also have to get to a point where we understand that, yes, there are, um, there are people out there that do believe they are taking things literally in Scripture, but they're not really. <laughs> um, they're they're misinterpreting what Scripture says to fit their own uh, desire. Yeah. But that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Uh, as we continue to move on uh, into the political season, we will come to a point where we do have to make a decision. And one of the things that I think every Christian should do is, number one, don't, uh, don't look to your pastor for political advice. Don't look to little pamphlets created in your churches that tell you what candidate to vote for and what not to. Instead, take your time and learn about the candidates. Yeah. Learn what they believe, what they support, what they think. And vote with your own conscience. You know, you're not voting for me or for Reverend Mark or for anybody else. You're voting your own conscience. And I think that's another issue that a lot of Christians have, have forgotten. Especially in the era where we print up these these pamphlets that tell them what to who to vote for and what candidates are best and what candidates are not. They just use that and so they don't have to think anymore. Yeah. You know. And so I think that it's important that they that Christians think for themselves. Yeah. You know, go look up the issues, go look up the candidates, go see where they stand on things, and then vote your conscience. I think if we were to do that, if, if the majority of Christians were to do that, 
in this election, you'd see a vastly different result in the polls than we've in the in the voting booth than we've seen yeah. in many generations. Yeah, and I I just uh, I, I think we have gotten to the place where we're just we're trying to control folks instead of embracing the principles that we say we hold dear um, and the minute someone doesn't do what we feel like they should or whatever we're not asking am I wrong no I can't be wrong right we immediately jump over to you know these people are idiots and these people are stupid and they are not as informed as I am and then you know um, a lot of t I have found that a lot of people are just so uninformed on um, actual issues about what's going on. They're just taking what somebody says, mainly from the po the, po the politician themselves, and say, "Oh, well, this is gospel." And then you go and do a little bit of homework, and you realize, "Oh my goodness, no, that's totally not right." What actually happened, or what actually is going to do? take place or so on and so forth and so um, uh, become verse I mean, I mean find out what you hold as important and you know what you deem as important and you know does that line up with your faith does it line up with your belief and then go out there and start researching and digging through it's, I know it's more difficult, as much information as we have, it's harder to find the actual real stuff. But dig through all that uh, smoke and mirrors to find out what the people actually believe. If they've been in politics for a while, look at their voting record. Right. But don't resort to name-calling or, uh, you know, my... My absolute favorite is when they start making fun of the appearance of people. I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, first off, <laughs> what does it, that has nothing to do with it? Right. Personal attacks and waylaying into people because they don't look the same as you or whatever. Come on, that's that's just utter pettiness. Yes, it is. And um, uh, stick with the pot with the issues of what's going on and stop name drop or name calling folks and just if you don't agree with them just say I don't agree or I, I think that's not right and move on right we don't have to be pulled down to the level uh, you know like Dr. King said I'm not going to let any person pull me down so far as to hate them right and I, I remember hearing Christians back when President Obama was uh, elected talked about how they just despised the person, despised him and hated him because they didn't line up with his, their beliefs or whatever or their politics. And some Christians were calling for him to be, quote-unquote, taken out. And I'm like, and not in the voting sense right and I'm going how can you stand here and say that you're a believer and a Christian and call for something so drastic and grotesque against one of our leaders right and um, I said that's 
you'd say that in front of Jesus. Oh, I think they'd be hard-pressed to say that in front of Jesus. And so, I mean, I would take people to task, and I was like, I don't, um, I don't, I have never hated someone, and I don't let hate people, I don't let hate fill my life for people, but I've never hated a politician so much that I hope that that's how they would right. be removed from the scene. Right. Vote them out. That's my encouragement. Or if they've broken the law, then do appropriate steps if they're still in office to remove them. But, I, I mean, I to me, there's a line that you don't cross, and wishing physical harm towards somebody is one of those lines. Right. Uh, and you're right, Troy. I think there would be some that would say that in front of Christ. <laughs> some people who have. Yeah. They probably wouldn't recognize Jesus. No, they probably would have. And um, uh, as we near the end of our podcast here, I'll, I'll relate the fact that uh, our parish up in Philadelphia put uh, this statue out in front of their front door. If you all remember, it's probably been seven, eight years ago, maybe more. There was an artist who did a statue in a local park in Indiana, and it looked like a homeless guy laying on a bench. And they got so many, so many people calling and complaining, this homeless person laying on a bench. And they went and looked at it, and it turns out the artist had created, if you got down, you looked under the person's hood, was pulled up over their head it was the face of Jesus and he was laying on this so it was called the beggar Jesus and then uh, our parish in Philadelphia after that brouhaha sprung up they commissioned one where Jesus is sitting cross-legged he's got his hand out for a you know change and he's sitting and his head's down, the hood's down low. And you have to get down on your knees to kind of look up under his hood to see that it's Jesus. And they put that in the front of the, the door of the church. And there were people then who complained about it, being there at the door of the church. They didn't like that. And what it boils down to is they didn't like the fact that it reminded them to see Christ even in the homeless and the poor and not to discredit anyone, not to minimize their humanity in any way. Yep. That statue still sits at the door of the church. It has not moved. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, you know, and it will stay there. Now, they added a few things to it this year. Uh, they added some uh, bricks and rubble around it to simulate what's going on in Gaza. And uh, that has spawned some great criticisms, too. But herein lies the thing, and this is what I'm, I think we're trying to get to in all of this. The, the pastor up there has not said one word partisan political about what's going on in Gaza, what's going on with the homeless in our communities. That in and of itself speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ha- we don't have to say a word that image alone speaks for itself 
And that's what we as Christians should be doing, is allowing ourselves to speak for who we are. But in the same token, we should be listening to what our politicians are saying. And does that reflect the mission of improving lives, making the world a better place, a safer place, a brighter place, a place of logic, a place of science, a place of hope yeah. and peace and kindness? Yeah. And if they're not, then that's what you keep in mind when you walk in the voting booth. Yeah. Final thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't say it better. I mean, it, stop taking your anger and your hatred and, uh, you know, despising of, other, you know, God's not American. Jesus wasn't American. You know, the principles that we have supersede um and the doctrines that we have supersede the founding of our nation. And if we start taking those into the, I think, and holding political people to that, to that life of justice, love, grace, harmony, um, and vote out the people that don't support that, I think we would see a change. And um, uh, hold in your heart God's love keep that as center thank you Reverend Mark for joining us tonight thank you Bishop Ben sorry we didn't get uh, your thoughts much <laughs> it's okay but um, we are out of town folks so we're going to call it an end and we will be back next week I uh, don't have a topic yet but we'll come up with one before Saturday <laughs> and get that out to everybody but until then keep shining bright my friends Thank you for joining us for this episode of Expanding Your Faith. For more information on Expanding Your Faith, check us out on facebook.com forward slash expanding your faith. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you find your podcasts. Until next week, when we once again attempt to expand your faith, Keep shining bright.